Welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Welcome to the Big Daily Blend, everybody. Today is Travel Africa Day. Oh, we had to cover this. You know, Nancy and I have been traveling uh, since, I don't know, since we could all walk, I suppose. But um, I think our big travel started in Africa, in Kenya, where Nancy used to take uh, tours over to Kenya and then eventually worked for Joy Adamson, who's a wildlife conservationist. Her and her husband, uh, George, are very you know, famous for that. If you've ever seen the movie Born Free, Elsa the Lion, um, read Joy Adamson's books, that's who Nancy worked for. Not the movie stars, but for Joy, where she went and tracked uh, wildlife. And then Joy got murdered, sadly. And Nancy and I lived in Kenya. And that's where I went to school as a young girl and, or I should say, very little girl. And course, we explored Kenya and its amazing wildlife and uh, things like the actual migration of wildebeest. Uh, we're going to talk about that as, in a little bit here as part of the seven natural wonders of the world. Um, we've seen every everything you can imagine in wildlife in Africa. It's so biodiverse. Obviously, you know, through climate change and hunting, or I should say really, you know, trophy hunting, uh, things like that, um, and habitat loss. Uh, you know, numbers are dwindling down a little bit, but there's still so much to experience in Africa. There's still wildlife to go see. We know a lot of people doing it. Uh, we also lived in South Africa for a number of years, and that's where Nancy started the magazine over there. So it's part of our heritage here at Big Blend uh, Radio and Big Blend Magazine stems from South Africa of her doing a magazine there. And of course, uh, we traveled the country full time for about two years. Just like we do here, traveling full-time, visiting parks and public lands. Uh, but over in, in South Africa, we did that with her artwork, where she raised money and awareness for the National Cancer Association. But we did all the major parks. We went to the Kalahari Desert. We did the Garden Route. Uh, we did um, uh, Kruger National Park, of course. So we really saw the wonders of South Africa, which uh, used to have the tourism statement of being a world in one country. And we really agree. You can find penguins on the East Coast and then all the way into the Cape Town area. You could go to mountains that got snow on them. And then, of course, there's so much history. The continent of Africa. I mean, you, you've got the, you know, King Tut over in Egypt all the way down to uh, the African Boer Wars, the Zulu Boer Wars of South Africa. You've got the Dutch East India Company coming into South Africa that brought a whole other culture into the continent. So, and of course, there's colonialism, uh, not just from the British, but also the Italians, the French uh, came into the continent as well. So uh, Africa has over 3,000 protected areas, natural areas, including 198 marine protected areas. 50 biosphere reserves, and 80 wetland reserves. It's also home to the Seven Wonders, well, to some of the original members of the Seven Wonders of the World, um, including the Natural Wonders of the World. I mean, when you think about the wildlife you can experience in Africa, it goes from camels up in Egypt, Morocco area, 
all the way down to if you get into some of the tropical areas and even the mountain areas, you could be tracking silverback gorillas uh, in Uganda or out in Rwanda. Uh, we do have a playlist of well, a list of articles and podcasts, previous podcasts we've done about African destinations, Travel Africa, and one of the uh, travel writers that is one of our Big Blend radio podcaster, uh, you know, friends is Jamie Edwards, and she's a travel writer who's traveled all over the world, and she got to go and experience the silverbacks. She's also been to Morocco. Um, she's been all over Africa, and we have a great podcast with her, and she really uh, says, you know, to go to Uganda, a lot of people go to Rwanda. But she decided, you know, I'm going to go do the Uganda part uh, in regards to the gorillas. And she had an amazing time and great, gives really good tips on if that's an experience you want to do, because you do need to make reservations and um, there's all kinds of protocols because they are so protected. Of course, Africa is home to the big five or the big seven, uh, lion, leopard, crocodile, elephant, rhinos, hippos, uh, the gorillas like we were talking about. There's also animals like giraffe, uh, which is, you know, are also uh, needing to be very protected at this point. We're losing our numbers on giraffes. So, you know, you go to Africa and it's a land of beauty. The people are so awesome uh, to get into the culture, uh, taste the food, uh, listen to the music and all the just the cultural stories and um, backbone, the heritage of the motherland, as we call, um, is something phenomenal. So I encourage you when you go to Africa to connect with the various cultures and tribal folks uh, across the continent. So we've got wildlife, we've got people, we've got amazing food. Uh, you've got flowers, a biodiversity. Man, there's flowers everywhere. Uh, one of the amazing things we got to witness was in Amakwaland in South Africa. It's like a desert area up near the Kalahari. And it's like a wildflower bloom, just kind of similar to our deserts here in the States. Like right now, you know, we've had so much snow and rainfall in the desert areas in Southern California and the Arizona desert that this year is going to be a prime uh, wildflower season, probably, you know, you never know. But that's the same thing in the Makwaland is just this amazing desert with just carpeted with wildflowers. But not only do you see the wildflowers, but you see wildlife amongst the wildflowers. It's something similar to when we were in the Kalahari Desert, which is incredible. It's up in the northern part of South Africa, also bordering Namibia and Botswana. We got to see things like a lion and a cheetah walking through snow. And it was, I mean, it's not a lot of snow, trust me, very thin amount of snow, more like a thick frost. But to see that, <clears throat> witness that beauty is, it's just a land of contrast. That's what I'm saying. Africa is contrast. So you can see intense beauty and things like the wildflowers and the baobab trees, the cocker booms, all the different kinds of cacti. But at the same time, you've got snakes, yes, that are deadly, um, but they're also really beautiful. So it's kind of like the land of beauty and the land of um, be aware. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So, um, but that's part of the joy, right? So the seven natural wonders, let's talk about that. The Ngorongoro crater, which I believe Nancy and I went to when I was a kid, right? Nancy sitting over on the side. She's shaking her head. Yes. Uh, nodding, I should say. Um, it, this is the world's largest unbroken caldera. Uh, it is known as Africa's Garden of Eden and often known as the fishbowl of wildlife. It is beautiful, actually. The more I think about it, it is. I do remember going there. There's also the Rift Valley. I encourage you to go and check out as well. Uh, so it's over, home to over 30,000 animals. 
including the lion, the rhino, the elephant, the hippo, and the big ones out there. But it's also the main feature of the Ngorongoro Conservation Area, which is a World Heritage Site, and that is protected. Um, it's west of Arusha, uh, Arusha, excuse me, in Tanzania. So it is the biggest inactive and intact unfilled volcano caldera in the world. So check that out. That's the other thing. Geology in Africa rocks, man. Uh, the Nile River, it's kind of like our Colorado River in this country, in the Mississippi River. Colorado River is often referred to as the Nile of America. Uh, the Nile River is the longest river in the world, and it flows north, which is always interesting. It is uh, a north-flowing river, and it's pretty much in the northeastern part of Africa. And um, it's shared by 11 countries of the world. It extends over 4,132 miles. That's massive, man. Uh, the two sources are the Blue Nile and the White Nile. And uh, the river originates in Uganda and Ethiopia. Uh, those two smaller rivers. So check that out. That is something to explore, especially if you go to Egypt. Um, so there's a lot of historical and cultural sites of Egypt that are on the banks of the Nile River. And um, so that would be something, including the Valley of the Kings. Uh, so we've got a story from Sharon Kurtz, who went to Egypt during COVID. It was at the beginning of the pandemic. And at that point, Egypt said, we're welcoming people. And of course, everybody was masked up and everyone was behaving. And she got to go visit King Tut. In her, she got to go in there by herself. You know, normally there's so many tourists, but she, get to, she got to go do that. So we've got that article in the list as well. Um, but that is uh, the, the Valley of the Kings. It was a burial place for the pharaohs and the nobles of the New Kingdom uh, and for about 500 years. It's the largest collection of buried royal leaders in the world. So that would be something to put on your list. It's got at least, they say, 63 tombs and chambers uh, varying in sizes from a simple pit to larger tombs with around 120 chambers. So far, they always keep finding new things about that area. So uh, anyway, that's all connected to the Nile, the longest river in the world. Another area, this is something we also have stories on I, from travel writer Debbie Stone did a lot. She went to Victoria Falls. She did uh, the Chobe Desert in Namibia. She did, um, I was going to say, the Okavango Delta. So we've got her stories also linked in the show notes. So everything's in the show notes. If you're listening on YouTube or Facebook or Spotify or Apple, just go look in the show notes and you'll see those links in there. But the Okavango Delta is the largest inland delta that has not been you know, war ruined through war or poaching. The poaching, that is the sad part. Like I said, that beauty and then that sadness comes. You, and that's the thing. Be prepared when you go out to watch wildlife that you will probably see, if you're lucky, I say, but this can freak some people out, an animal kill where, you know, if a wild, like a lion decides to take down an impala gazelle, um, it is something incredible to witness. If you get to see a cheetah kill, that's even like amazing because you get to see the speed of them run. But um, they do eat. And so for some, uh, that may be traumatic to watch, but I kind of grew up with that. And so it's, you tend to learn that it's part of nature and the ecosystem, and, and that's what happens. So again, that land of contrast. But the Okavango Delta, um, it is protected, heavily protected. Um, and I think Botswana has really done a lot in wildlife protection over the last decade. They've really stood up and realized that saving their animals also brings tourism and travelers like all of us 
So um, it is in the Kalahari's Endoric Basin. Endorheic. I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but that's okay. Uh, the water uh, actually never goes to the ocean. And it, it's kind of interesting. It evaporates during the dry season, but it kind of sits there like a swamp. And uh, it is on the eastern side of the Okavango Delta and is the uh, Moremi Game Reserve. And that's pretty much the place where people go. And from there, you can see uh, Chakma baboons. You can see the greater kudu. The kudu is the most, it's a giant, giant, beautiful creature and, and just amazing markings. But they're really big. Um, you've got buffalo. You've got lions, cheetahs, hippos. Um, it's also the Okavango Delta is declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So we've got an article on that. We've also got the article on the Sahara Desert. We were talking about deserts. Um, this is the largest hot desert in the world and the third largest desert after Antarctica and the Arctic. Hard to think about Antarctica and the Arctic as being a desert, but they are. Um, it is it ranks the highest in heat. It is three million, three and a half million square miles. And so it's basically the size of the United States. Isn't that crazy? That's one big desert. Um, it covers a lot of North Africa, except for the Mediterranean Sea coast and the Egypt and Sudan's Nile Valley and the Atlas Mountains uh, up in Morocco. It is not lifeless, though. See, that's the thing. You know, so many of us think, oh, desert's a pile of sand. No, there are species that live there, like the Dama gazelle, the Saharan cheetah. Yeah, that would be awesome to see, right? Um, you can go on, on a camel, you can ride through the desert on a camel. And then if I saw a cheetah while I was doing that, like, I think that would be the coolest thing on the planet. Uh, they also have fox addicts. Um, they have monitor lizards, sand vipers. That's cool too. Like those, you know, man, this, there's a whole other ecosystem going on in these deserts. There's wild dogs. They have rednecked ostrich. That's the other thing. Ostrich. Man, it, that is, they're so cool to see when you, the, the bird life of Africa, from ostriches to secretary birds. Oh my gosh, you've got marabou storks. You've got, oh my gosh, hoopoos. You've got lilac breasted rollers, all kinds of brilliant colored birds, and then big ones, fish eagles, which is kind of like our bald eagle. Um, so many raptors. It is absolutely mind blowing. So if you're into bird watching, you got to go to Africa. I mean, and it really does change according to whether you're in the desert or if you're out in a tropical region or in the mountains, uh, the coast, you got penguins. Dude, I'm just saying. It's So anyway, there's the other thing, you know, I was talking about the cultures to, to really start to understand the cultures of the area. Um, in the Sahara Desert, they still have wandering tribes and nomads, and they create settlements um, in like the oasis areas of the desert. So that's pretty cool. You can go camping out in the desert too. You can ride camels and go camping, and they do take you out on cultural tours. Again, we have articles about this. The latest one uh, we just actually did um, it was actually featured on the home page. Uh, I should say the home page, the front cover of our big weekly blend magazine, and that's really cool. It's it's all about a magical tour of Morocco, and um, that story is with travel writer Barbara Redding. So we've got that linked in the show notes for you as well. So anyway, so the Sahara Desert again, one of the seven uh, natural wonders of Africa. I mentioned the Serengeti migration. This is just really epic. And Nancy and I uh, have just, we're so, you know, lucky to be able to be part of this 
And when you go out there, be prepared to be just surrounded by wildebeest and zebra. Um, it's the Serengeti. Uh, it's also known as the like the land of en- endless plains, and uh, it's shared between Tanzania and Kenya. Most of the area is actually in Tanzania, though. It's home to the world's largest terrestrial mammal migration. This is the wildebeest migration. And so part of it is, you know, this whole area is also made up of Serengeti National Park in Tanzania. And there's also different parks and things connected. Uh, Serengeti's and Ngorongoro Conservation Area is also part of it that we were talking about early earlier. But this really starts um, between January and March. Over 260,000 zebra 1.7 million wildebeest, 470,000 gazelles, and other game start migrating. And this is really around February. They start grazing on the grass in the Serengeti, in the southeast section, and then it's baby time. And so uh, when the end of the rains come in May, then they start moving northeast, and that's uh, northwest, excuse me, and that's when this migration happens and uh, around the Grumeti River, and that goes until late June. And then by July, August, the herds go back and stay in Kenya. And so this is like a crazy thing to witness. They cross over rivers, crocodiles are snapping at them, and um, you will see the death part of it too, because this is not a journey. They say about uh, a quarter of a million wildebeest died during this migration, but I mean, they know to move, just like whales know they go back and forth on the coast, you know, depending on where you are, like in the Pacific coast in uh, late fall and early winter, you'll see them down in San Diego. Just all depends on where you are. They go to the Sea of Cortez and then all the way to the Bering Sea, uh, Alaska area. So it's very similar to that. But I mean, this is on the land and you can really see uh, whales are a little harder, but this is there's nothing like it. Um, also, the Red Sea Reef, this is off the coast of Egypt, Eritrea, and Sudan. It is the extensive network of shallow shelves, um, and it is noted for coral and marine life. And so they have over in that area, in the water, over 1,000 species of invertebrates, 200 hard and soft coral species live out there, and uh, 10% of more than 1,200 species of fish are found in the Red Sea. They are endemic in nature. That means it's the only place you're ever going to see them. So they say the actual fringing coral reefs of the sea are about five to 7,000 years old. That's like amazing to go and snorkel or scuba dive out there would be incredible. So we've also got to talk about Mount Kilimanjaro. How many people talk about climbing this magnificent mountain. It's the tallest freestanding mountain in the world, and it is a height of 19,340 feet. It's the largest stratovolcano in the world, one of the largest. It's dormant. It's based out of Tanzania, and it is the highest mountain in Africa. And yes, it does have snow, not as much as it used to, thank you to climate change. Uh, But I remember being able to see it as a little girl like this, just beacon. It's just this beacon of Africa. Um, It is part of the, it's a central feature of Kilimanjaro National Park. And a lot of people like to go and climb it. And you do have to be prepared. We know some friends who have done it and um, it's epic and they keep going back. So it is one of those things to do. So uh, there's also monkeys at the base of it, and it is not like climbing the Himalayan or Andes peaks, um, but it is definitely uh, difficult to do. And if you're going to do something like this, preparation is key, being physically fit, 
and also you need there's guidelines and you want to make reservations and really it's like doing the um you know the migration uh you know looking for silverback gorillas that kind of thing um you do need to look into it and plan for it before you go you don't want to get all the way to africa and miss miss your reservation or not have made a reservation and not be able to do it so those are the seven natural wonders of Africa, some of the natural wonders of the world. Um, there's other ones, of course. There's so many natural wonders out there. I mean, I just think about the lakes. Um, you know, there's we've got an uh, article also talking about, you know, uh, Lake Kariba. And um, this, you know, someone went houseboating, a, a travel writer uh, that we chatted with Elizabeth Willoughby. And so we've got that story there. You've got to think about the Lake Tanganyika, the African Great Lake. It's one of the world's natural wonders as well. And it's got 17% of the world's surface freshwater. It's also the oldest and deepest lake in Africa. It's huge. It's massive. It's like a great lake. Um, lake Naikuru is another amazing place where you just see masses of flamingos. If you like flamingos like we do, that's a place to go check out. There's also the coastal areas. Uh, Kenya is just got a beautiful Mombasa, which is, you know, it's like you think about, you know, palm trees and warm water and snorkeling. Yeah, that's the place to go. And there's resorts you can stay in. And then, you know, you can also go to places like Mauritius. A lot of South Africans would fly to Mauritius, these beautiful islands to go stay there on vacation. You've got the Ivory Coast. So the beaches and the coastal areas, like even in, in Cape Town, you've got Table Mountain and then it drops down. You can see the actual tip of Africa and you can see the two oceans meet. You can see penguins out there. People go diving with great white sharks. See, again, the land of contrast. And then from there, you could take the garden route. And um, there's actually what's known as the blue train where people go along the garden route uh, through the Sitsikama National Forest. And uh, you see all the proteas in bloom and the sugar birds. And it's just, it's incredible. Why are we all still here? Let's go to Africa. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So there's so much out there to experience. There's 54 countries uh, that uh, are recognized according to the United Nations to explore. So we've got the deserts, we've got the deltas, we've got the mountains where you can find the gorillas. Um, you got the coastal delights. So we've got a lot of different stories uh, from Cape Town and South Africa to Namibia's Little Five. Uh, Namibia is another place. Victoria Falls. Uh, we've got so many different stories all linked in the show notes. So we hope you get to Africa and uh, enjoy the articles and uh, past interviews with uh, travel writers who've explored Africa. Take care, everybody. Happy travels. up with our shows at bigblendradio.com.